Hello everybody, my name is David Dean, and today I wanted to talk about journalism. It's one of those careers that, frankly, I don't even think you need a college degree for. If you learn how to write in high school, or maybe take an ethics class, and are willing to learn how to educate people, inform and educate, that's basically journalism, and, and to learn how to answer the questions or ask the questions, who, what, when, where, why, and how. If you can ask those questions, you pretty much have a decent story. Um, you might not get all the questions answered, but if you get a majority of them answered, you'll, you'll have a, a good story. Now, how many times have you sat around and uh, watched a newscast or watched a reporter interview somebody, and you said to yourself, well, why didn't you ask this? You know, you, you, you went here and you didn't go there. Right? You're wanting more all the time. Not even just national media. Even the local media does it. I mean, just after this DACA incident with the uh, Democrats cut, you know, closing down the government, right afterwards, uh, some reporter asked Nancy Pelosi, was it worth shutting the government down over DACA? I go, oh, we didn't do that. We had other issues that we were concerned about. And... What would be your next question with that response? What are your other issues? What are your other problems? And then how would you fix them? What would you want? I mean, there's so many questions that could have been asked, and she didn't ask anything. Um, that's not journalism. When I sit there and I watch TV and I have another question I want to ask or an have answered, that's not journalism. Um when you are caught with a face, ball face lie, and you don't ask a question after the fact. Now, here's James Clapper talking to Chuck Todd about an FBI FISA warrant. Now, now listen to what he says. Uh, I can't speak for uh, other Title III mm -hmm. authorized uh, entities in the government or uh, a state or local entity. Yeah, I was just going to say, if the FBI, for instance, had a FISA court order of some sort for a surveillance, would that be information you would know or not know? Yes. You would be told I, this. I would know that. If there was a FISA court order yes. on something like this. Um, something like this, absolutely. And at this point, you can't confirm or deny whether that exists? I can deny it. So, there was no FISA warrant the Trump campaign or anybody in the Trump campaign there was no FISA warrant now we know there is so why would you bring this guy back on your TV show without playing this clip and asking him what the hell he was talking about why did you lie to me why did you tell me there was no warrant when there is a warrant and why why would you even consider this guy as a reputable source anymore I mean if he comes on television and lies to your face how can you even bring him back and use him as a source? And how could people that sit there and listen to him say that? They have to remember that. I remembered it. Why can't you think about it and say, why, why would I even listen to this guy? He's a liar. But, you know, there was no questions asked about this. He basically went, well, there's a... After this, uh, after the memo was released, it was more like... 
it's a uh, it's a hard thing to get a FISA warrant. But yeah, but we didn't get one, supposedly. Now he's talking about how hard it is to get it. So, you know, to me, when you have a corrupt person that lies to you, why would you take anything else to have to say with a grain of salt? So, you know, to me, journalism's dead. Even locally. Christ, when we had Irma here in Tampa, the Tampa viewing market was just ridiculous. The uh, media was more about hype and about raising up your uh, extreme paranoia, panic. You know, that, that was their whole gig. Nothing was about how we can help and educate you. It was about how can we make you more on edge. I mean, the, the, the tension in the city was on, on, you could cut it with a knife. And, you know, I got to give Governor Scott kudos. He's seen Irma dancing around the Atlantic with a Cat 5 hurricane. And nine days before he even came to Florida, he said, hey, look, I'm going to go ahead and order a state of emergency for the entire state of Florida. This thing's that big. We don't know where the eye is going to hit, but it's that big. It's going to affect the whole state. We're going to open up all the roadways, all the toll roads. We're going to take weight restrictions off of trucks so they can bring more product down here. Uh, we're going to keep the ports open as long as possible so we keep the fuel running, try to keep the gas stations with fuel. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, he did what he was supposed to do. But what happened with the media right off the bat? What did they do right after he said this stuff? And basically, he's telling people, hey, look, if you're in a low-lying area, and frankly, Florida is a low-lying area. If you're in a low-lying area, take the time to batten down the hatches and get out. You know, so he gave you nine days to do that. So what's the media do? Governor Scott issues a state of emergency for the entire state of Florida and tells people to... I thought, oh my God, this is what we're going to put up with now for the next nine days. So on the preparation part of the extravaganza of local media, you know, in, instead of, again, educating us, it was more about how can we make you more anxious? Let's make you more anxious. If you're more anxious, you're going to listen to us. You'll listen to us if you're more anxious. So, you know, this is a preparation. Now, this is just... What I heard, this is not what they said verbatim, but this is kind of what I heard in the most simplest way. You know, we, we have a, a scene where we have a reporter over at the Parks Department, and we got this huge pile of sand there, and people are making sandbags. So let, let, let's go to Skippy and see what's going on over there. I'm standing here in front of a pile of sand with this gentleman here. And that's another thing. Don't talk like that. For Christ's sake, you're a guest in my house. Talk like a normal human being. You know, I got a 4K TV. I can see the cold sore on your lip. You just you try to uh, cover up with a little makeup. So now he's interviewing this guy. He says, so what are you doing here? Well, I'm putting sand in a bag. Oh, you're putting sand in a bag. How many uh, bags do you plan on putting sand into? Well, probably 12. 12? Oh, my God. You're going to put 12, bag, 12 bags of sand? Oh, my God. The sand's going to be gone before you guys even get here. Look at this line. Let's talk to the next guy in line. Hey, hey, hey. What are you doing? 
Well, I'm here to put sand in the bag. You're here to put sand in the bag? How many bags of sand are you going to do? Well, I'm probably going to do like 24. 24? Oh, my God, this sand's going to be gone. It's going to be gone, even though they're going to bring more over. It's going to be gone by the time you get here. How long have you been waiting in line? No, oh, probably about an hour. Hour? You've been waiting in line for an hour? Well, that's before the line got bigger. It's probably two hours. Now, two hours? Are you kidding me? Two hours? You've got to wait in line for two hours? This is the kind of bullshit we had to put up with the entire time. They take you over to the Home Depot. And there's a guy in Home Depot. And he's standing in front of where the lumber used to be. We're standing where the lumber used to be, where the plywood used to be. You know, they could have had, even with the, with, with the uh, let's go back to the sandbags for a second. Why didn't they have like a little segment on how to actually use a sandbag? You know, I mean, do you... Uh, if you have a little slope into your house, do you put it on the slope so it keeps it away from the house? Do you put bags along the house as well? How do you stack them? How high do you need to stack them? How about a little segment on educating people? You realize a 1,000 people a day move to Florida. That's 365,000 people a year. Excuse me. Uh, carry cake. Anyway, uh, so the last storm we had was Charlie. And that was back in, what, 2013, 2012, something like that. So in that time frame, we've had like maybe four and a half, four and three-quarter million people move to the state. If only 1% moved to the Tampa area, there's 47,000 people that haven't got a freaking clue what to do during a hurricane. They've probably never stacked sandbags before. they probably never boarded up their windows before. So that would have been a nice segment, too, instead of standing there telling people how we don't have any plywood, but we'll have more in Thursday. Well, how about doing a little segment on, you know, how do you board up your house? Now, if you've got a wooden house, it's pretty easy to figure out. But say you've got a, a stucco home or maybe a black house, how are you going to attach that plywood to it without really messing up your house too much? You know, a little, a little education that way. I would have appreciated it anyway. You know, I'm sure a lot of people would have. And they did the same thing with generators. You know, generators, people die every year because they took the generator in the house or too close to the house, and the exhaust comes into the house, and it kills them. So, you know, it would have been nice to know, basically, how big a generator do I need? Uh, you know, do I want to run my refrigerator? Do I want to run the microwave? Maybe a little window unit for air conditioning to keep me cool? So how big a unit am I going to need? And how do I figure that out? When I, how do I figure out how many watts are in an appliance? You know, how do I add this up? And do I worry about the surge when, when these appliances kick in? You know, they, they're on for a while and they go, oh, they kick in a little more. So how do I figure all that crap out to make sure that this works well for me? You know, because frankly, during a hurricane, you've got to keep in your mind, I might be without power for two weeks. So you want to make sure you've got enough gas and you've got a generator for that. If you, if you have a generator. You know, so, you know, these are things that, you know, they could have educated people by. Instead of just saying, hey, make sure you don't have a generator in your house. It could kill you. That's basically what they told us. It's like, are you kidding me? You know, you got all this dead air time to waste because, you know, you're waiting for a hurricane to come. That's, you know, two or three days away. And they're standing out there looking at the wind. Look at this wind. This wind is blowing this way. Look at that. I've never seen the wind blow horizontal. Are you kidding me? Three o'clock every afternoon, you see the wind blowing horizontal. I mean, where the hell are you at? So, you know, it's just the whole thing was screwed up. I mean, the gas station. Yeah, we're out of gas over here. Well, that's great. How about now telling us where we can find gas? You know, uh, yeah, well, you can go on to GasBuddy.com. It'll tell you where gas is. Oh, really? So I call, you know, get on GasBuddy and 
get all signed up and find a few gas stations in my area and give them a call that supposedly had gas. They didn't have gas. So that didn't work real well, and not one of them tried to do that, to tell you that, well, that gas buddy doesn't work all that well. I guess it only works if people call and tell them they don't have gas. And frankly, why the hell would you want to do that? You've got a, a little store inside there, and you might not have any gas, but you've got food in there you want to try to get rid of. Now's a good time to get rid of it because people can't find food in the store. And there's the other reporter over there, Skippy, standing there in front of an empty shelves. I'm standing here in front of empty shelves where food used to be. It's like, really? <laughs> really, you asshole? And then he's talking about, and if you can't find food, get non-perishable items. Okay, so I get a can of ravioli. What am I going to just eat it raw? How do I cook it? You know, do I, do I put it on the grill? What if I don't have gas and I don't have charcoal? What's the best way of going ahead and cooking this stuff, you know? Uh, again, another segment. You know, we're gonna might be roughing it for two weeks. So how about you know, if you're out without power, h- h- how about doing that? Well, back to the gas station for a second. In Florida, they passed a law that says every new gas station that's being built should have uh, its own power unit, its own power supply in case the power goes out. Did any of them reporters mention that? No. You know, why not? It would have been nice to know for people that's, you know, scampering to get gas at that, you know, these, these gas stations here, here, and here were built past, I think it was 2012, so you can get gas from these gas stations. Yeah, so don't panic too much, you know. It's just, it was all about how much can we make you panic, and there was no help on the back end saying, you know, well, this is how you can survive, basically, you know. Buy all the canned goods you can so you can survive on canned goods, but we're not going to tell you how to eat them. Just open the can and chug it. You'll be, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Don't worry about it. You'll be fine. You know, it's less dishes you got to do. Don't worry about it because you don't have the water anyway, but don't worry about it. We ain't going to tell you how to get water either. So, you know, don't, don't worry about any of that crap, you know. All this stuff could have been educated. You could have filled all this ed time educating people, and I almost guarantee you that station that did that would have had more viewers than the other two combined. It was just totally ridiculous. Um, you know, I have a generator, so I had food. I had frozen food because I have a refrigerator, freezer, that we filled with frozen food. So, you know, you don't need to just live off perishables. If you've got a generator, you can use, you know, microwave meals and throw them in there, and there you go. You got yourself a decent meal. Uh, and I was surprised. I haven't had a microwave meal, and I can't tell you how long. And they're not too bad, actually. A little salty, but not too bad. If you're hungry, they'll work for you. Uh, what else did they kind of scare the crap out of us? Oh, the weather. Or not the weather, the uh, traffic. Well, let's wait. Let's actually wait until it's, oh, I don't know, uh, 8 o'clock at night when it's dark out. And let's go to I-75. Let's talk to Captain Copter and see what's going there. I'm up here in the helicopter above I-75, and as you can see in both directions, lights. You see white lights in this direction, and you see red lights in this direction, and these people are going nowhere fast. Back to you. Back to me. Have you found another place where we could go get, you know, another route? Well, no, why would I do that? This is a great picture here. This scares the shit out of people. Yeah, I know, but we want to know where... You know, there's other routes out of out of Tampa, uh, besides 75. Have you flown over them and checked them out? Again, this is the shot. This is the money shot. This is what we're going to do. Oh, Jesus. This is kind of what I heard. It's not what they said. It's 
what I heard. So, and that was just the pre, pre part of the trip. Now we're into the storm, and all these clowns got to be outside. And two of the biggest idiots, <laughs> I swear to God, you know, they're standing out there with flashlights, showing the, the palm fronds blowing in the breeze. You know, look at that, look at that, look at it blow, look at it blow. Dude, I can look out my window and see that. I don't need to sit here and watch TV to see this nonsense, you know. So they had this one idiot standing there with a palm frond in his hand, and he's, he's like, you should have came to me a minute sooner because it was really, really blowing hard. It was like, you guys blew my shot. You know, I was like, oh, my God, really? I mean, if you look right behind the guy, you can see trees blowing the wind, and he's holding the palm frond. It must be between two buildings because he's not getting any wind. And then as he's trying to end his segment, you can see his thumb on the middle of the palm frond, you know, forcing it up and down. Up, 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 there it goes, there it goes. It's like, <laughs> me and my wife looked at each other and like, oh, my God, are you got to be kidding me. What were these guys, where'd they go to school? You know, like I say, junior high and high school could have done a better production than these clowns did. It was actually hilarious. Then we had this phenomenon where the water was sucked out of the bay like 100 yards, just gone, you know. So I said, wow, that's pretty cool. And people are out there walking around checking it out, you know. And I'm thinking, well, we're supposed to have a 20-foot storm surge. If the water gets sucked out of the bay, what does that mean? Nothing. Do you think any of them would have said something about, well, yeah, we're still going to have a storm surge. You know, it might be 25 feet now. I don't know. And he's like, really? And one guy actually said, uh, you know, because what, what happened was they had this one girl down in the causeway. So they wanted to make sure there was nothing to block her wind. So they sat out there in the middle of the causeway with the wind blowing. And uh, you could see there was no water behind her. And the guy in the studio says, yeah, I see there's no uh, water behind you. He turns around, yeah, it's, it's gone. We mean, yeah, it's gone. I mean, <laughs> it's nothing you see every day. So you, you think you turn around and say, oh, my God, uh, there's no wind. There's no uh, water back here. And the guy said, well, how far back's the water? Oh, I don't know. About a hundred yards. <laughs> she had, it was nothing new to her. It was like she was at, uh, you know, the parting of the Red Sea with Moses. She's seen this before. We just couldn't believe it. And then they finally go back to the studio and they're talking to the guy. Well, yeah, you know, the water, the, the hurricanes, well, you know, turning the opposite direction and sucking the water out of the bay. And you know, and, you know, that, there it is. Now, to me, that was pretty fascinating. It's like, well, well, I guess maybe that's how the parting of the Red Sea actually happened. You know, because I never seen the water just disappear like that before. You know, unless it's like a tsunami. That's kind of what I was waiting for. I was like, well, this 20-foot storm surge, is this going to turn into a tsunami now? What's going on? I didn't get any answers about it at all. Nothing. Didn't say a word. Then, after the storm, <laughs> more hijinks. You know, the first thing they got to do is run out and look for damage, you know. So this tree fell on this house, and this lady's out there, oh, it was my favorite tree. You know, I didn't want to cut it down because it was my favorite tree. And then they said, okay, let's, we've seen enough of this stupid stuff. So they switched it to uh, uh, Pinellas County has a water treatment plant that over the years with storms has overflowed and poured raw sewage into the, I should say a sewer treatment plant, has poured raw sewage into the uh, bay. So they spent who knows how much money to upgrade, millions of dollars to upgrade this thing, you know. So they come out to have a press conference, and I was kind of curious, well, how'd you guys make out, you know? Did you dump any more raw sewage into the bay? You know, how'd you make out? Guy walks up to the mic. No sooner he walks up to the mic, you know, you get this stupid little thing going on. We have a tree that fell on a car. We're breaking away to show you a tree that fell on a car. And that's exactly what they did. They broke away from news. You know, how'd you make out during the storm to show us a tree 
that fell on a car. Well, thank you very much. I, I, I appreciate that. We just looked at each other, my wife and I just looked at each other, my God, well, well, can you get any more stupid than these people are? Chasing, I mean, ambulance chasers is, is, is a nice term to say about it, you know. So, yeah, again, at the end, end of the thing, you know, uh, they could have talked about how to maybe, you know, file an insurance claim and uh, maybe how to secure your home after it got hit by a tree or, you know, as, you know, again, a little more educational than just, you know, this hyper, you know, extensive, you know, ba- panic shit. Oh, my God, a tree fell on a car. Was anybody in it? No. Okay, then. So how would they make out at the sewer treatment plant? And I never found out. I never went back. I never found out. We finally just said, you know, we've had enough of this shit. We turned off the TV. So, you know, journalism's dead. I mean, really, when you watch an interview, in the back of your mind, just say to yourself, are they going to ask who, what, when, where, why, and how? I mean, are they going to ask any of those questions, two or three of the questions? Are they going to ask the questions that you want answered. I've got a friend that does uh, interviews for a produce society. Basically, they uh, go around and check out different uh, uh, areas of the country to see how the produce is going. He interviews the farmers and what have you. And Chip always does a great job. I mean, I've never sat there and said, hey, well, why did you ask him about this? He's always had the, everything he's, you, you, in your mind. He's always asked. And to me, that's how the, the, the reporters should be. I mean... We had a serial killer down here, the uh, Seminole Heights killer, they called him. He got four people. Uh, one guy, the, the last guy that got killed, there was a witness. And the guy, you know, gave them a composite, so they had a composite to go by. Plus, they had some grainy video to go by from home surveillance cameras. What does the media do here? They publish the friggin' witness's name and address in the paper, they put it on TV. Are you freaking kidding me? You got a serial killer running around killing people, and the guy's got a witness, and you put his name on TV? Me and Becky looked at each other and my God, can you be any more stupid and irresponsible? The journalism's dead. It really is. And it doesn't take a college degree to do this job. I'm sorry, it does not. A class in ethics, a class in storytelling, uh, in writing, that's it, pretty much. Who, what, when, where, how, and why. You know, just normal you know, inquisitiveness, normal curiosity. It's like you're just having a conversation with your neighbor. You know, hey, how you doing? Good. Hey, I see you're painting your house. Yeah, what kind of paint you use, you know? How many gallons you use? You know, whatever. I mean, it's just norm- it's normal conversation. That's all there is to it. All right, well, I've bent your ear long enough. I just want to let you know uh, what I was thinking about the media and how ridiculous it is. And hopefully from this they'll learn, you know, learn to educate us, inform and educate by asking who, what, when, where, and why. Thank you much, folks. Have a good night.